Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Good morning, everybody. How you doing? Why don't you turn two or three people and just say, what's up? And bring it all the way back to 1992 for a moment and... Awesome. Remember, yeah, those, weren't those commercials the greatest thing? I mean, you could do that for five minutes, you know? Like, what's that? Just, middle school, man. It was a great, great time. Uh, last week, we, uh, we went over our purpose, our vision, our mission, our values. Um, and so we covered a lot of those bases last week. Uh, this week, we're going to preach a message, teach a message. Really, I'll be maybe doing some more teaching than preaching. Um, and kind of those things that connect us to all the Christians all the way around the world. Um, I, I kind of titled today's message, Why do we even do this? You know, what is this? What's the essence of some of this stuff? Uh, and then next week, we're going to talk about how you personally can make a kingdom difference. Um, all of our lives are links in a very long kingdom chain. And so what can you do personally to move the kingdom of God, the mission of God, the local church forward? And today is, is what are the things that kind of tie us together? What's, what's the essence of some of, of these things? Um, and then on a special note, after today's service, I get to baptize a few guys in our church. Um, and there's Marco and Sean. So give it up for them really quick. I, I didn't tell them I was going to embarrass them this morning, but I'm going to. And, and Sean, we're so excited for what God is doing in your life and how he's changed your life and what a beautiful story that is. And uh, as you guys get to know Sean, you'll, you'll hear what a gorgeous story that God has done in his life. And uh, Marco, uh, Marco started coming to our church because his lovely girlfriend Miriam started dragging him. Come on, somebody. And, uh, and he started coming to church about a year ago, right? He's about a year ago. And we went out for uh, a couple lunches, and it was about an hour and a half of conversation. I had the honor of leading him uh, into the faith and, and into the Lord and been discipling him this last year. And so today, we're going to go to the beach, and we're going to do a couple baptisms. And so we're excited about that. It's going to be a beautiful thing. And uh, so just one more time, good for them. I'm excited for their step of faith today in, in baptism. Um, but today, uh, let, me, let me begin starting. And uh, why, why do we even do this, right? I, I think there's a lot of deconstructing going on around the world right now and, and a lot of deconstructing in the church. And some of it does need to be deconstructed. Uh, sometimes the reformers would say, you know, the church is in constant reformation, right? She's always being reformed and readjusted and re-looked at and all these things. And, and, and those are good things in a lot of ways. Um, but one of my concerns for the modern world is, is I, I never want to be the kind of guy that throws the baby with the bathwater out. Uh, there, have you ever heard that old school saying, there's don't throw the baby with the bathwater out? In other words, once you've given the bath and you throw the dirty bathwater out, uh, don't throw the baby with it, right? And I got a few babies. I know what, what bath time is like. And when we talk the church, when, when we reform some of the things in the body of Christ, when we relook at things, when we bring fresh challenges, and when we deal with maybe the faults and failures of others, it's very important for us not to throw the baby with the bathwater out. And uh, like Kevin said earlier this morning, is why, you know, why do, why do we do this? What's the centrality of this? And, and, and those of you that have been following Jesus for a little bit, you know it is Christ and Christ alone, right? He is the central figure. The resurrection of Christ is the, the central thing, the central moment of all of Christianity that, that literally 
uh, unites every single believer around the world. And today we're going to look at that from fresh, fresh perspective and fresh lens as we look about why, why do we even do this? Why would God even call us to do this wild, awkward, weird thing called the local church? Would you pray with me? And we'll dive into God's word this morning. Heavenly Father, we just want to open up our hearts this morning, our minds this morning. Uh, Lord, we want to be uh, changed and transformed by your word. God, we know that none of us in and of ourselves are awesome, but this morning we come, we look to you for help. We look to you for grace. We look to you for this transformation. And God, I pray this morning that you would, that you would be faithful to your word. And God, that we could build our lives on you and give you glory in Jesus' name. If you believe that with me, say amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's go to 1 Chronicles chapter 16. A little bit longer than I normally read this morning. We'll also have it up here. But if you've got your Bibles, 1 Chronicles chapter 16. We're, we want to look, why would God call us together as a local church, right? You have the global church, right? Well over a billion people, maybe maybe even over two billion. We're not quite sure exactly, but, but millions of believers all around the world calling on Christ. Why would he call us together in these local huddles? Well, First Chronicles 16, let's look at this starting in verse 23. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. What a powerful line. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are his dwelling place. Ascribe to the Lord all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord glory, the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea resound and all that's in it. Let the fields be jubilant, everything in them. Let the trees of the forest sing. Let them sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his love endures forever. Why would God call us to get together? Well, number one, this is a festival, not a funeral. We are called to a celebration. We are called to a celebration. Why would we even do this? We're called to celebrate Jesus. There, there is something, your life will never be satisfied until you give glory to Jesus. In fact, the Bible even says that, that in, the, in the final, the end, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. I'll tell you what, the sooner our knees bow and the sooner our tongues confess he is Lord, the happier and more joy-filled your life will be. It really is because everything, we are designed to worship. And I'll tell you, man, people worship sports teams. We worship money. We worship men. We worship women. We worship singers and songwriters. And, and listen, I ain't trying to take talent away from anybody. There is some phenomenal talent out there. But you and I were designed to worship. And the ultimate person we're designed to worship is Christ. And he is worthy of glory. Why would God ever call people to get together? It is to give glory to Jesus. Whether I have had a good week or a bad week, come on, somebody, a good month or a bad month, I am still called to give glory to Jesus because he is worthy 
of it. And what he did on the cross, I am called to celebrate regardless of what I go through. How many of you know that life goes up and down, right? But the cross, its centrality, what he's done, who he is, the victory he won for me, rescuing me from my sins, that is immovable. And I can always come every Sunday to celebrate who Jesus is and what he's done for me. I have found in life that who I celebrate typically stays in my life. And what I celebrate grows. Could it be that God is like my people need to celebrate and be reminded every week of who I am and what I've done for them? We are here to celebrate. We join with millions of believers around the world on Sunday to simply celebrate Jesus. We bring an offering, the Bible says, the praise of our lips. We're coming before him and we are giving him glory. What I have found in my life is is that the sooner I come and I bow before him and I give him glory, the better the rest of my week goes. Whether it's good or up or down or frustrating or not, I'm like, you know what? If I can come and and bow before him and bow in the presence of God and respect the fear of the Lord, everything goes better because it's all about him anyway. And I'm not going to experience any trial without his permission anyway. So I might as well come and just celebrate Jesus. Have you ever been to a church where it felt more like a funeral than a festival? I have, man, I have, where it was just dry, religious, just like, you know, snooze fest, you know, and I, and I wanted to go to the people and be like, did you guys forget, like, he's, he's, he's actually alive, you know, like, like this isn't Jesus's funeral, right, and, and that's just the spirit of religion. I think it's important for all believers everywhere to, like, remind myself, this is a festival, not a funeral. This is a party, right, like, this, this is not a funeral, man, like, this is an exciting thing, and I want to daily, weekly wake myself up. This is about the goodness of God, and I want to celebrate it. You know, I want to get behind it. Like, this is a party. Like, I want, I want this to go on. Like, one of the, the neat things in church history is, is literally in, in the first, uh, you know, 100 AD, like literally in the first, like, 60 years, roughly after Jesus' death and resurrection, Roman governors are riding back and forth, and they're trying to discover this crazy new religion called Christianity. They don't know what to do with it, right? We, we won't worship Caesar, which is what the, where the Roman Empire was at. And, and so it was just like, you know, they didn't know what to do with Christians, right? And there was a lot of early persecution for the early church. And, and, and they're riding back and forth, and they said, these Christians have this very strange habit. They gather in homes and caves and temples and places, and they gather on Sunday mornings and they sing about this man, Jesus. And I I just love that. I was like, man, literally just years following Christ's, you know, death and resurrection, you've got early believers gathering together. Sometimes they had a pastor, sometimes they didn't, and they would just gather together and sing about this man, Jesus. Can I remind us, for 2,000 years, we've been getting together singing about this man, Jesus, and what he's done. That is a beautiful, wild, amazing thing. I can't think of anybody else the world has gathered for to sing about for 2,000 years. And we do it out of our free will, the goodness of our heart. Come on, those of you that had parents, you had to get your kids ready. Like Jesus knows the sacrifice you went through this morning just to get here to sing to him, right? Like it's challenging. But we show up because he showed up for me. Right, And the more I celebrate him, the more I bring the sacrifice of my praise, just my whole life is aligned because it's designed to give him glory. Every believer all the way around the world is called to celebrate Jesus. 
It ties us together. There's a lot of different denominations. There's a lot of different angles. We, we, we understand scripture in different ways. But I'll tell you what, we all take the same as Jesus and him crucified. And he is the cornerstone of our salvation. Can I just get an awesome amen or a clap or a, a head nod or something? He is the one that binds us all together and celebrating him is one of the greatest things we could ever do when we get together. We're called together every single week simply to celebrate. Simply to celebrate. The, when, I, when I can calm myself before that and say, God, if I did nothing other today, if I got nothing out of the message, if I didn't do anything else, then please you, that's enough. I'll tell you, mature believers have learned it's not about me. It's not about style. It's not about the songs that I like or don't like. As a pastor, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. Well, I didn't like the music, so I didn't sing. The song wasn't written for you. If I wrote the song for you and you didn't like it, I would change it. But it's not for you. It's for him. Oh, come on. Somebody say amen to that. Like, it's for him. And I came here not just for you, not just to help you, but I came to celebrate him. And I can always show up for him. Amen. Why would we be called together? It's to celebrate Jesus and give him glory. The, Jesus said in Luke 19 that if we didn't sing and celebrate, that the very rocks would have to cry out because he is due glory. He is due glory, and creation has to sing it out. We've got we've to say it. Number two this morning, why in the world would God call us together? Why, why do we even do what we do? Uh, number two, connection. You are called to connection. I think if COVID probably proved anything to me, it's that the body of Christ is called to connect. There is something about us gathering together, being the community of God that you and I need. Let's be honest. We all get a little weird in isolation. Like, we really do. Like, my best self does not come out in isolation. My best self comes out in community. Why? Because in community, I'm encouraged, I'm challenged, I'm held accountable. You know, why do, why do I have such a great church attendance record right now? Because I'm the pastor. I have to show up. I don't get an option. Do you think I want to show up every Sunday? No. There are some Sundays I want to sleep in, like last night. Or this morning, like my kids were up every hour. You know, my wife's not feeling well. She's got the sniffles. And I'm like, I want to take a day off. Today's a great day to take off. But who am I going to get to preach? I can't throw it on Kevin last minute, can I? You know, like, I got to show up. There's, there's something powerful about community and connection. One of the really neat verses I want to look at this morning is Corinthians chapter 3. This is Paul writing to the Corinthian church. And he says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your Midst. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. Woo, hello, that'll preach on a Sunday. <laughs> but for God's temple is sacred, and you together are that temple. What's really neat in, in the Greek, I don't want to deep dive in the Greek too much, you know, but in the Greek, they had a plural form for you, and they had a singular form for you. In, in English, we just have a singular form for you. If Paul was from the South, he would have said, hey, y'all are God's temple. In, in this passage, it is the plural form of you. And what is he saying? He said, hey, Corinthian church, you together, you the community, you in connection, you are God's temple. 
Are, are, am I myself God's temple in a sense? Yes, the Holy Spirit moved on the inside when we got saved. But guess what? There's something about us getting together. We are the temple. We're the building. We're the body of Christ. We're the thing God is building. And God is so serious about it, he's willing to protect it like crazy because he believes in it. As people are reforming the church and, and deconstructing and stuff, and, I, and I'm like, I'm, I'm for some of it for sure. Like, I want the church to be who she's supposed to be, too. Like, I, I want to rally behind Jesus and in in how we make the world a better place. You know, but I don't want to beat the bride of Christ. I, I'm not here to put down the very thing Jesus is trying to lift up. Amen? And, and so often when people are like, well, the church should do that. I'm like, well, are you a follower of Christ? Well, yeah, but I don't like the church. I'm like, guess what, bro? You're a part of the church. And all your hurts, habits, and hang-ups, and funky things, it's part of this weird, wild, awkward thing called the body of Christ. And I'm in it, and you're in it, and we bring all of us to the table. And guess what? God has no plan B. You're plan A. That's it. You are the salt. You're the light. You're the hope of the world. You know, don't look even to your neighbor. It's like, he's looking at us, right? And it's like, that can be a fearful thing. But also, I'm like, Jesus, you birthed the church. When you died on that cross and you came back, your design was to birth the church. The church should have never been able to survive for 2,000 years. It is a weird thing. It's an awkward thing. I don't even understand the church in its entirety. I know we're global. I know we're local. I know it's not a business. I know it's not an organization. I know I'm not a CEO. We're a family, kind of an awkward family, but we're still a family. Come on, there's love in the house though, right? That's like step one. Can you just give it up for yourselves real quick? There is a lot of love in this house. That's step one. Get the love right. That's part of it, right? Like, I got family problems, but there's love in the house. So it's like, hey, that's, that's good. You know, not everybody goes to bed on time, but there's love in the house. So we start somewhere. Like, there's love in the house, but it's weird. How many of you would agree that public worship is weird? It's a little weird. I don't sing anywhere publicly, anywhere else. I don't even sing in my car because I don't want people to look at me and think that guy's crazy. I, don't, I, don't, I can't stay on tune. I hide my voice behind charities as best I can. If you heard me sing, I'm sorry. I got a little too much into the song. I know I can't sing, but, but it's like I get it. It's, it's an expression of love. It's weird, but I'm called to it. And I'm called to do it with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I know I'm still growing. I'm not perfected yet, but I'm called to do that in community. And that, isn't that interesting? I'm, I'm called to do this with you. Church isn't just me, it's we. Isn't that interesting? Together, we are the building he's working on. It's, it's not just my spiritual journey and your spiritual journey, it's our spiritual journey. Isn't that interesting? It's as a communal thing. As Americans, we're so individualistic and, which is fine. That's just the culture we grew up in. We often think, what, what am I getting out of church? That's good. Have you ever asked, what are we getting out of church? What are we doing? Because church is for me, but it's also through me. Maybe you showed up today for yourself. Maybe you showed up today to give a hug to somebody else who needs it. Maybe you showed up today for yourself. Maybe you showed up today to take somebody out for tacos and love on them. You, we don't know. It's for me, but it's through me. It's where I receive and it's where I give. It's where I hear the word and it's where I sing. I'm called to pour out and I'm, I'm called to get. It's this weird, wild, awkward thing called the church. And I'm definitely called to connect. It's community. 
What's interesting is you and I will never be able to grow in Jesus in isolation. It's got to come from connection. I cannot fulfill my calling even as an individual. It has to happen in community. In community, please remember this, you will never get everything you want, but you can become everything you were called to be. Community isn't about my happiness, it's about my holiness. Ooh, that's good. Put that in your pipe and smoke it for later. That's good. That's good. And it is in this loving and life-giving community that I grow. I need accountability and I need grace. You need accountability and you need grace. Together we can grow together. You enjoying it so far? The celebration, community. Number three, why would we even do this? Why might God ever put the local church together? It's for change. It's for change. I really, I really believe this. It's for change. This is how we make the world a better place. If we believe Jesus is who he said he is, then man, our heart ought to be, we want everyone to meet him, know him, and follow him. Can I just get an amen? We would all agree with that. Like if we believe, right, he is who he says. I said last week, if Jesus is still in the grave, we have nothing. If he's alive, we have everything, right? And that you just kind of have to start with Christianity right at that central point right there. Is he, is he still dead or is he alive? And if he is who the gospel says he is, then we want, our heart should be, I want everyone to meet him, know him, and follow him because of his transformative power. We actually need him, right? We, we actually need him. And then, therefore, the things that he is doing in his kingdom and in his church and his mission and his ways, I want to pick up his personality and I want to grow in his priorities. As I do that, this is how we make the world a better place. God has called me to change as an individual, and he's called me to change the world around me. Church is for change. It's for change. Let me read this this morning from 2 Corinthians 3. We all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. God has started a process where he wants to change and transform you, my family, my world, and then use me to bring transformation to other people around me. Why would God get millions of people all the way around the world, right, for 2,000 years? Why would he get them together? It's for change. One of the things that I found so interesting, I think I wrote this down. Check this out. Jesus died, most scholars think, around AD 30. Okay, 80-30-ish is where most scholars put his death, resurrection. It's 2022, okay? That is 1,992 years, okay? Just track with me for a moment, all right? 1,992 years. 52 Sundays are in a year, okay? The body of Christ has been gathering for 103,584 meetings on Sunday. That is a lot of gatherings, that's a lot of parties, that's a lot of community, that's a lot of celebration, that's a lot of change. Over 100,000 times for the last 2,000 years, we've been getting together. At the time of the Apostle Paul, it was one believer for every 300-something non-believers. Today, it's about one in eight or one in seven, depending on how you cut it, right? We have had millions of people begin to meet, know, and follow Jesus over 2,000 years because we just kept celebrating, meeting, and changing. As you and I celebrate, I really come to believe this, the world can see. 
when I treat this like a festival, when I, when I get excited about Jesus on purpose, people begin to wonder why. Do you remember, I think it was 2012, when, when um, the Heat won the NBA championship against the, I think it was the Oklahoma City Thunder we beat? Do you guys remember this city? Like those of you that were here? It was crazy. People went crazy. Guys, can I, again, I just think we were made to celebrate victory. I think we were meant to love victory and celebrate something big. And, and, and you couldn't help, but, but, but it was like infectious. Like you had to just kind of get into it because you're like, why everybody's so crazy? Everybody's wearing white. Everybody's going nuts. Why are we so excited? When, when you and I get together for change and we're like, I'm willing to let my life be transformed by this man. I'm willing to let him use me and serve and love and make my community better. There's something to this. People begin to see. When I was a teenager, I, I went to a, a church, and it was, it was a sweet church, good people, but it was a funeral. I mean, it was one of those churches I mentioned earlier. It was hard to see any life, any love, anything good. Like, and I was like, I don't know what y'all have, but I don't want it. And I remember for the next few years, I was like, my friends are having fun. That's back in the day. We're listening to Nirvana. I had my Kurt Cobain haircut. I shaved underneath there and had it long. And I mean, I just, you know, that was my life. And, and it's like, I, I just didn't want anything to do with it. And I remember I, I, my grandfather was like, I, who was, he was a pastor. And he's like, I want you to go to this camp. And he was trying to set me up, right? He knew it was a Christian camp. He said, if you go, I'll buy you the pair of Jordans that you want. You know, so I'm in high school at this time. And I've always had a soft spot in my heart for Jordans, man. Like I just, even back then, I love, I could spend all my money on shoes, even now. I really could. And, and so I'm like, oh, fine, I'll go, I'll go. And at this, at this Christian camp, like I thought it was pretty lame, pretty lame, pretty lame. I met this guy named Josh. He was a couple years older than me. He was cool. He played basketball. He was a great ball player. And, and we just kind of b began this relationship, right? We're like having fun, laughing. And I was, he's still actually a great friend to this day. I just talked to him last week, actually. He's a teacher up in Indiana. And, uh, and so we just were having fun, goofing off. And then they had the moment where everybody's supposed to worship. And I'm like standing around like this is the weirdest thing ever. And I'm watching my friend, my new friend Josh, worship Jesus. And I'm like, what the heck is he doing? Like, I've never seen anyone worship Jesus like this. And he's singing. He had his hand up. He's crying. And I was like, I thought you were cool. Like, what? You know, like, but I remember the whole time, the way that he befriended me, the way that he displayed Jesus, the way that he displayed celebration, the way that he displayed community and friendship, the way that he displayed change, his humility, his struggles, his, 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 his victories, I began to see Jesus. I believe with all my heart, I got saved two years later. And part of it was my mom preaching to me and praying for me. And part of it was this man named Josh Simpson who began to love me and did things in front of me so I could see. Church, as we celebrate, as we embrace change, as we gather, the world sees. The world sees. Why would God call us to do this wild thing called church? He wants the world to see. He wants it to see. Can I pray for us this morning? Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. Why would we even do this? What's the essence of this wild thing called the local church? God, I pray this morning that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. God, that you would give us strength and fresh wind and Lord, just fresh power. We want the world to see. We want the streets around us to have an amazing gospel witness. So God, fill us afresh with love. Fill us with fresh vision and mission for the people 
God, that you want to reach. God, fill us with a fresh heart. Fill us this morning with your spirit to celebrate you, to change, to to be in community, to love each other in, in really just this New Testament way. God, help us get there. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. If you believe that with me, say amen. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.church. Have an amazing day.